Awesome. So as they said, my name is Sarah Malloy. I'm on the lead team here. And a lot of you probably have seen me around. You probably know me as the pastor's daughter. Um, but there is a lot more to me than that, I feel like. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about myself before I get into the word. Um, so I am 18 years old. I know a lot of you were probably shocked to see me up on the stage for graduation because you might have thought, you know, she's like 12, 13, maybe 15 on a good day. But no, I am actually 18 years old, and I am about to graduate this Friday from Creekview, so I'm very excited about that. Um, a couple of other things is I love to dance. Um, I dance all the way from fifth grade to junior year. And last semester, I actually decided that I was going to step out my comfort zone and try soccer like my little sister and my big sister. So, But we'll just say that it was horrible. And um, I will never play soccer again because um, I kind of cried at every single game <laughs> because I realized that I'm just not in shape like I thought I was. So, yeah, we're just going to move on to my uh, favorite food. So... For all of you who already know me, you probably know that my favorite food is steak. I love steak, but the best place to get steak for me is Longhorn. I get the Flo's Filet. Gotta get it cooked to medium with that warm pink center. And then the fries on the side with the bacon and cheese dipped in ranch. My gosh, it's so good. (laughs) Y'all have to try it one day. Um, But in all seriousness, I am so excited to be here and to have this opportunity just to share what the Lord has really been speaking to me about lately. Um, Whenever Pastor Russ and Pastor Cody asked me to speak, I looked at them and I was like, I don't think you know what you're asking me to do. Like, I got a little nervous because they said that they wanted it to be on purpose and destiny. And I was like, did you know that I haven't applied for college yet? (laughs) They were like, okay, good. So with that in mind, I was like, there's no way I can preach on purpose and destiny when I I don't even know where I'm going to college yet. But I will say, last Sunday I applied, so hopefully we'll see if I get accepted. But anyways, the more that I thought about it, the more that I prayed about it, Um, I was like, yes, I got to do it. This is an amazing opportunity. So um, we're going to be diving into the story of Peter. So um, if you'll open your Bibles to Matthew 14, we're going to be starting at verse 23, and then we'll go through um, verse 33. And I know it's 10 verses, so just bear with me. Um, So yeah. All right, so it says, After sending them home, he, Jesus, went up to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell when he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost. Now, I can only imagine how truly afraid they were. I mean, it was 3 o'clock in the morning, so it was pitch black dark. They were sitting in this boat. Wind and waves were going crazy everywhere. And all of a sudden, they see this, like, dark figure walking towards them. So I can only imagine how truly afraid they were. But then it goes on to say, But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him. 
Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat, walking on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind in the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached him out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. Now, before I go any further, I just want to pray. So if you all just bow your heads with me. Dear God, I thank you so much for this opportunity that we get to come and just worship you. God, I pray that you will open our hearts and open our minds and ears just to listen to what you want to speak to us this morning. God, I pray that all distractions will go away. All fear and doubt will be demolished because you are speaking. God, I pray that you will just speak through me. Let me become less and you become more. We give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so who in here loves dogs? I'm a big dog lover. I love dogs. I love big dogs. I love little dogs. I love medium dogs. I love all dogs. Now, I will say this one thing. There's one particular dog that I just absolutely despise. I cannot stand them. They're horrible, and I know that I'm probably about to offend some people in here who have one of these dogs, but it's a chihuahua. I'm so sorry, but I do not like them, and personally, they're just the ugliest and meanest dogs ever, and I say that because I went through this one traumatic experience with one when I was in third grade. I was just hanging out with my friend, and she had one of these dogs, and we were on our way out to go eat somewhere. Well, I forgot my sweater inside the house. So without thinking, because if you just walk past this dog, it will literally come out and attack you. So me coming in, little third grader, not really thinking anything, just going to get my sweater. I start running in the house, and all of a sudden, this dog comes out and, like, struck, strikes me in the leg. Like, right there with its little fangs. And I was like... You're joking me. Like, this is really how this really happened. So I'm stuck. I'm sitting here like, oh, my gosh, I just got bit by a dog. Like, what in the world just happened? And I was so afraid. I was so scared. I literally was just sitting there. I couldn't say anything. I couldn't move. I was so paralyzed in this fear. And finally, I, like, came back to life, and I was like, yeah, I should probably tell someone before I bleed out and die, before I'm a goner. So I was like, okay, okay. So I called out to her mom, and I was standing there for a little while. I was like, this dog is going to just keep attacking me. I don't know. I'm just scared. But finally, what felt like forever, she finally came and got me and took me in and bandaged me all up. And it was fine, obviously. But I will say, to this day, I cannot stand chihuahuas. And if you ever ask me to, you know, watch your dog, which I will if you really want me to, I will ask you first. I'll be like, well, what, what kind of dog is it? <laughs> if you tell me it's a chihuahua, I say, no, I'm so sorry. Keep your money or find someone else because I won't do it. <laughs> I'm just saying I won't. Now I, know <laughs> now, I know that's a silly story, and it's just a dog, but I feel like a lot of us can relate to this because we all have fears, and we're all scared of something. And whether that be we're afraid that we're going to lose our job, or we're never going to find a job. Or maybe we're afraid that our children won't ever grow up to the way we expect them to or the way that we've prayed them to. And with that in mind, I want to talk to you about 
the grip that fear can have on us in different ways. And that leads me to my first point, which is fear causes us to become stuck. So looking back on my story, we see this demon-possessed dog come and attack me. And I'm just sitting there, like, stuck in this fear, so paralyzed. And I was only going to get my sweater. How many of us feel like we're on our way towards something good, or we feel like God has called us to do something, and we're on our way to all that he has planned for us, and all of a sudden we get hit by these storms. We get hit by the lies of the enemy. And something that the enemy might tell you is, you're not good enough or you're not worthy of love and of joy, or you're not strong enough to quit that habit or that sin. And when we allow the enemy to convince us of these things, we will never be able to move, and that will lead us to sink just like we see with Peter. If Jesus is calling you, take that step of faith. Go walk on the water, but don't lose your faith once the enemy decides to hit you with the storms. And I will say When the enemy sees you going after your calling, he's going to do whatever he possibly can to distract you. He's going to put a temptation in your way. He's going to throw those lies at you. He's going to surround you with these overwhelming storms. It's just going to happen. And we live in the fallen world so that we know. But we also know to be true because in John 16, 33, it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But I love this part. It says, but take heart, for I have already overcome the world. I have already overcome all these things. And knowing this, we don't have to stand paralyzed in fear, and we can walk boldly and move forward. And now you may say, okay, sir, I understand all this, but it's still so hard just to move forward really and then you start but you begin to question you're like is that even God really calling me is he really telling me to quit my job is he really telling me to serve more give more go forgive that person well that leads me to my second point and that's fear causes us to doubt who Jesus really is going back again to my story we see I'm paralyzed in this fear and I come back to life and I'm like okay I really need to tell someone I need to get some help And finally, I, like, call out to this mom and takes her forever to come and get me. And I just begin to get so scared that she's never going to come. And a lot of us do this with God. We question if he will ever provide, if he will ever show up, if he will ever answer that prayer. And we question his character and his goodness and his true love that he has for us. And then we forget that he is there to help us when all these things get hit by us. And it's the same thing that happens with Peter and the disciples. At the beginning of the passage, it says, the disciples saw Jesus walking on the water, and they were terrified. They thought he was a ghost. Jesus was just coming to help them. And he says, no, take courage. It's me. Don't worry. But then it goes on to say that Peter kept asking Jesus, well, if that's really you, God, if that's really you, Lord, then tell me to step out and walk on the water towards you. Now, I went a little deeper into this, and I thought it was a little interesting that Peter kept questioning Jesus because he had been living with him. He had seen him do miracle after miracle after miracle. You'd think he'd be like, oh, yeah, that probably is Jesus walking on water because he just saved that one guy from the dead the other day. So, yeah, it probably really is him. But we see that fear had caused him to doubt him. And 
even though we have seen God be faithful in our lives, we've seen him provide and come through and answer that prayer. We still doubt him. And preparing for this message, it's made me realize that no matter what you may be going through, anything that gets thrown at you, any lie, any temptation, any struggle, the storms, I look down and I see that Jesus says, take courage. I am with you. It's me. Don't worry. I have already overcome all these things, so don't be afraid. And I, when I read this, I just began praying. I was like, God, wow, if this is true, then help me. Please help me. I don't want to sink, and I don't want to doubt your character and your goodness. I love the um, quote that pa- Pastor Robert Morris wrote in one of his books. It says, when you humble yourself and cry out to God, he will deliver you. He will promote you beyond the struggles, beyond the storms, beyond the lies, beyond the temptations. And he will exalt you so that you might walk in the destiny he has planned. And I think that's why I'm here today is just to tell you to lay it all down to him. Don't let fear cause you to doubt God's love and goodness and plans that he has for you. When Peter you know, is walking on the water, he gets distracted by the storms, and that's when he begins to sink. He finally looks up to Jesus and is like, Lord, help me. I don't want to sink. Please help me. It says, immediately, immediately, Jesus takes him up out of the water, and he puts him back in the boat. And then he looks at him, and he says, Peter, why do you have so little faith? Why did you doubt me? And he begins to convict Peter of these things. And I love that it just, it doesn't stop there, though, because in verse 32, it says, when they climbed back in the boat, the wind stopped. He not only convicted Peter of, you know, doubting him and having little faith, but then he also rescued him, and he put all the storms to rest. He calmed those storms. And that leads me to my last point, and that's the presence of Jesus destroys both fear and the doubt that fear causes. It is so, so important to be in his presence, be in his word daily. And that doesn't just mean, you know, looking at a verse, like the verse of the day on your phone or little things like that. I'm talking about like actually being in the word every single morning, writing down what sticks out to you and then praying about it, which is what I love to do, or listening to worship music on the way to work or on the way to school. We can do all of these things, and that's when we begin to really get in his presence. And I can tell you that it's been a struggle for me this year. As a senior, senioritis is so real. It's horrible, and I've just gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't want to do anything, like anything. But I will say I know that's why I've been so fearful, and that's why I just finished my application to this Highland School of Ministry, because I've been so afraid. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's really you calling me. And it's because I haven't been in his presence like I should, and I haven't been in his word like I should. And another awesome quote by Robert Morris says, when we are hit with the storms, the enemy will try to get us to focus on our circumstances rather than God's faithfulness. And I can guarantee it. If Peter would have just kept his eyes focused on Jesus, this story would be completely different. He probably would have made it all the way across the water. But what did he do? He got, he got distracted by the storms. He looked at the storms, and then he began 
to sink. So I want to encourage you to fix your focus, fix your eyes on him, and go towards the calling, go towards him. And even when we do come upon storms, when we are in the presence of the Lord, nothing nothing matters, and fear and doubt don't have authority over it. And I love the, the quote by Levi Lesko. It says, if you are following your calling, if you are going after what the Lord is calling you to do, the fatigue will be easier to bear, the disappointments will be fuel, and the highs will be like nothing you've ever felt. And I know this to be true, and I know this sounds like a little silly story, but about a year and a half ago, I was in this relationship, and we ended up breaking up, and it was really hard. Like, it was really sad. Um, but I remember thinking back on a Bible verse that I would read, and I just kept it so close to my heart. And it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. So this emptiness that I had been feeling, I knew that if I just sought God first, that he would cover me with love and goodness and comfort. And that's what I did. I didn't focus on my storm or the breakup. I focused on him. I was so in tune with his presence. I was in the word every single morning, every night, listening to worship music. And I can say that Honestly, it was probably one of the lowest points of my life, but I can easily say that it was one of the highest points, and that's because I was so in tune with his word, and I feel like a lot of us have gone through, well, definitely have gone, probably gone through way worse things than that, or like you've lost your job, or you've lost a family member, or you're struggling in your marriage. We have two options. And that is to either fix our focus and look at Jesus the whole way there and trust that he has us. Or we can allow fear and doubt to take over. About two weeks ago, Pastor Russ looked at me and he said, Sarah, when you do feel his presence, what exactly is it that you feel? And I said, okay, well, I feel love. I feel joy. I feel peace. I feel comfort. I feel strength. He said, yeah, sounds about right. Now, did you notice that you never once said fear? You never once said doubt? And I was like, wow, you're right. I didn't. If we fix our focus on Jesus, nothing can stop us from the calling. And when we are in his presence, we don't have to feel fear. We don't have to feel doubt, no matter what is going on in our lives. And I just want to encourage you today, don't let fear snatch whatever God, whatever dream God has given you. Keep moving. Be in his presence. He's got you. And even if we do fall or lose our focus because, you know, we're human and sometimes it just happens, we have to remember that he's right there to catch us when we fall. We see with Peter that he immediately takes him out of the water and puts him back in the boat and calms all of our storms. If we would just call out to him. Maybe you're here today and you have been feeling fear. You've been feeling doubt. You don't know if that's really God calling you or you know God's calling you, but you're so afraid of all the storms going on around you and you get distracted. Well, I want to give you this opportunity to respond to what the Lord has spoken to you this morning. So I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Russ to come to the platform. 
as we close.